Hi, I'm Tracy, an impassioned lady on a quest to slay working motherhood and find fulfillment. I'm here to help you navigate the beautiful and damned in the life of a working mom. I'm a PA, mom, wife, and lover of fashion who is guiding my fellow working moms to ditch the dread and find fulfillment in the wonder and the war zone that is modern motherhood. I teach you the clinical pearls you need to create a life you love, pearls you can apply today to change your life tomorrow. Skirt around those heavy real life topics? No way. Here you'll get an unfiltered ringside seat. You'll hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Parenting, step-parenting, marriage, motherhood, faith, and finances are all topics we will sit down and unpack together. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all the motivation and encouragement you need to help navigate working motherhood. Each week, it's like a mom's night out had a baby with a TED Talk. Then the mom's night out went back to work. Pull up a seat, get settled, and get ready to be inspired and encouraged. This is Fulfilled, the podcast. Welcome back to Fulfilled, the podcast. Today, we are talking about one of my very favorite subjects. Yes, I know that that makes me a complete and total nerd. Today's topic is budgeting. I'm going to share with you why you need a budget, the must-haves for a successful budget, and I'm going to bust the seven most common misconceptions people have about budgeting. Without further ado, as I know you are sitting on the edge of your seat and you cannot wait to hear me say the word budgeting several more times. Let's get started. The first thing that I need to point out on this episode that is all about budgeting is that you need a budget. Whether you are in a mountain or a valley financially, if you are struggling to make rent and having to choose which people go unpaid, or if your income is rising and you are feeling confident and making great traction with your money, you need a budget. A budget is simply a roadmap. It's a plan for your money. Budgets are built by you and your partner at the beginning of each month, and they create the out-of-bounds markers for which you are and are not going to spend on any given category during that month. The next thing I have to tell you about your budget is that your budget needs to be new each and every month. Think back on the last three to six months of your life. No two months are the same. Things ebb and flow depending on the season of life that you are in, the season of the year, what your kids are up to, and if you are traveling. Your budget's going to change if you are commission-based and you have an income that fluctuates month to month. There are so many changing variables. If you want your budget to be successful, you need to have a new one each month. You do not, however, have to recreate the wheel each month. Work smarter, not harder. Once you have a budget for a few months, you will see patterns that emerge. There will be things that are the same month to month, things like rent, your mortgage payment, or your life insurance payments. These things will carry over month to month and not change. Things like food, school supplies, clothing, these things tend to fluctuate each month. You can use a framework of things that are consistent to build the base budget and then adjust certain categories up or down depending on the specifics of the month. Take a look at what you have scheduled, upcoming birthdays, holidays, and expenses that you have coming up. In order to be successful, your budget needs to be three things. It needs to be realistic, agreed upon, and in writing. So first, realistic your budget has to make sense. You can't spend $4 on groceries this month and you can't spend $2 on gas. If you can, 
please send me a DM. I will interview you. You can tell us all your money saving secrets. But honestly, writing down a budget that is completely off the wall just so that you feel better about yourself and your money situation so that it looks good on paper like you are making progress, but really that it doesn't fit with your life at all. If it looks like you're paying off debt even though you aren't or that you're able to save for college even though you can't, that fake budget is not a blessing to you. It's a lot of energy and it's wasted. Your budget isn't going to work unless it's on par with reality. Now, I don't say this to say like, don't write it down unless it's perfect. You do need to start somewhere and you need to start this month. Even if this month, if you're listening to this on the 20th of the month, you can still do a budget for this month, but it has to be realistic and you can look back at old receipts. So I recommend the first time that you're doing a budget that you audit your bank account or your credit card if you're using one. And you look at the last month and say, okay, I'm, I have no idea what to put down for food. I'm not sure if we spend $100 or $1,000 a month on food. Look back, audit your bank account, audit your card, and see what you spent on food last month. You can do this for one, two, three months. You can average it or you can just do the past month to get an idea for, ooh, just a ballpark to start with. And use that number for your first budget. Your budget can change throughout the month. You can adapt it as you need, um, but it does have to be realistic. And by that, I mean on par with reality, on par with what you're spending. And if you don't want to be spending that much, it's okay to turn certain categories down, but you can't turn food off, right? So you can't say we're spending $0 a month on food. It's just not realistic. The second thing that your budget needs to be is agreed upon. If you are in a partnership with someone, your partner buying into the budget is key. If you are in marriage and you've combined your finances, which I recommend only after you're married, getting on the same page with your spouse or partner is truly one of the biggest keys to success with your budget. You cannot do this alone if you live in partnership with another human being and you have combined finances with them. It won't work. If your partner is off the rails spending, doesn't know the budget exists, didn't agree to it, nothing is going to change in your life financially if you guys have combined finances. The third thing your budget needs to be is in writing. Whether you do it on paper, on a digital platform, or using an application that is built just for such a thing, your budget cannot exist only in your mind. If you want your budget to be successful, you have to write it down. There are tons of digital and mobile applications you can use to build your budget, whether you and your partner can both access the budget, where you can track expenses and run fund diagnostics. But when you're first starting, I recommend good old-fashioned pencil and paper. Get out a yellow legal pad and write it down. Write it in pencil, erase, and mark it up. Make adjustments when you review it together as a couple if you are part of a couple. There's something about seeing it on paper that makes it concrete. It makes it feel real, and it can help you to internalize and commit to the budget. If you think it would be helpful, have you and your partner sign the budget in pen like a contract. Agree to not spend any money outside of the written budget unless you come back to the drawing board, adjust the budget, and agree to the changes. Initial them and then go about your month. This may feel kind of silly. It might seem like it's overkill, but it also might help you feel like this budget is binding. It's an agreement that you guys are making. This is the plan for your money. This is how you're going to spend the money. 
You've heard me talk about Simply Put Together, the incredible style course by Audrey Tom of Putting Me Together. Audrey is now offering a free masterclass. She will teach you six common style mistakes and three foundational keys on how to fix them. She'll share what it takes to build a wardrobe that you love, how to make style easy and effortless, and how to put together awesome outfits with clarity and confidence. If you are looking to level up your fashion, click the link in the show notes to join Audrey's free masterclass. So I recommend that you use a zero-based budget, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. Um... But it's important that the budget balance. So I'm going to explain zero-based budgeting to you. So zero-based budgeting essentially means that you start with your income at the top of the page. So let's just say you make $100 just for the sake of easy numbers. So if you're earning $100 in the month of May, you'd put $100 at the top of the page. And then you would go down and fund each of your categories. And when you get to the bottom of the page, if you subtract all the money from every category from $100, you should have zero. If you have negative $10, you did it wrong because you spent $110 and you're only making $100. Now, if you have $50 at the bottom of your page left over, you have to go back up and allocate that $50 to a certain category. I recommend allocating it to saving or investing or paying off debt, whatever step you're on in your financial journey. So, You'll create your budget and you'll find that you fall into one of three categories. Either you need to make adjustments to make ends meet, you're treading water and kind of staying in the same place, or you're making tracks towards your financial goals. The first thing you might discover is that you need to make some adjustments. If you're struggling to meet your bills, to make rent, to pay your mortgage, or to even just pay the minimum payments on all of your lenders, it's time to make some adjustments. The first thing to do in this situation is to ensure that your health and safety are taken care of. I was recently listening to an interview that the budget Nista did, and she recommended in this situation that you go down the list of bills that you have and decide to pay first and only those things that are necessary for you and your family's health and safety. Things like water, heat, electric, food, clothing, basic transportation. So if you're in this situation, you are kind of like in survival mode. You're doing the things that you need to pay and you understand that there's going to be some people who aren't getting paid because you're in a season of crisis. The next thing is you could be treading water. If you aren't backsliding, you're not going deeply in debt, but you also aren't making great strides forward, you're treading water. You're maintaining your position, you're meeting your minimum payments, you're surviving, but you're maybe not making tons of progress towards your financial goals. If this is you, it's time to take a look at whether you can decrease your expenses, increase your income, or both. All of those things are going to help you make bigger strides, actual movement towards your financial goals. And then the third thing is you might be budgeting and realize that you're making tracks. If you're making progress, if you get to the bottom of your zero-based budget and you have money, quote unquote, left over to use up in the categories for aggressive debt payoff, increasing your savings or investments, you are doing a great job. Take a moment to pat yourself on the back and to celebrate that success. 
Good for you keeping your expenses and your lifestyle low. Good for you being able to make progress towards your financial goals. This category of you are making tracks is the goal that everyone should have. So the goal is to get to a point where you have a budget that is a plan for your money and you're making really great progress towards your financial goals. Now here's the thing. You can never at any point in your life convince me that you are making too much money or too little money to have a budget. The difference between budgeting and not budgeting, it's the difference between waking up in 30 years and wondering why you don't have the freedom that you wish you had or 30 years from now having created the life of your dreams. It's small changes over time. It's being intentional and consistent month after month with your income and being responsible with what you're doing with that money in the form of a budget. So let's talk about your income. Your income, whether it's yours or your spouse's, you're both working and it's combined, that income coming into your household is your greatest tool for building wealth. Harnessing the power of your income and getting it to work for you instead of for the bank is crucial. What do I mean by this? I mean getting on the receiving side of interest. When you are in debt, interest is working for the lenders to whom you owe the money. When you are able to get out of debt, and saving and investing for the future, I recommend low turnover mutual funds for your investing outside of retirement, then that income starts working for you. Instead of your money going to build the wealth of companies, banks, and lenders, your money is working to build the wealth of your future, your kids and your grandkids' future. You are building wealth that can be passed from generation to generation. Yes, it absolutely would be more fun if you listened into this podcast and I told you that you only needed to budget for the next six months and you would be wealthy. Or if you could set it and forget it, not have to create a new budget each month. But that's not the way that wealth building works. It's a budget each and every month where you're taking steps towards those goals, towards the life of your dreams. It's a budget that is realistic, one that balances and is new and fits the upcoming month ahead. It's a budget that's different during different seasons of the year and also seasons of life, ones where daycare is a huge expense, and then tuba lessons and travel soccer start later on when your kids are a bit older. It may sound like an overwhelming thing, but I encourage you to be patient with this process. It takes an average of three whole months before most people feel they have a firm foundation for their budget. Three months of frequently adjusting the budget for things that you forgot to put in it. Three months of figuring out how to communicate with your spouse, how to track your spending, and adjust your habits to fit the plan that you have laid out for your money. Give yourself grace in the process. If you haven't been budgeting for your entire adult life, it's not as though writing down a budget one time is going to magically change all of your habits and your mindset around money. These changes take time. If you get frustrated and feel like quitting, circle back to the reason that you started this process in the first place and remember your why. I can feel it in my bones. This is the year that you start to make traction toward those big, scary financial goals. If you are looking to trim up your budget, to make progress towards paying off your house, saving for your kid's college, or taking that dream vacation to the tropics, I have just the thing for you. It is a free guide I created of 12 things to quit buying that will save you $15,000 a year. 
You can find the link in the show notes or go to tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash 12 things. That's tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash 12 things. Get ready to start saving major money and making real traction towards those big financial goals. So in your budget, you should be utilizing sinking funds. Sinking funds are a tool that can be used to budget in advance for an upcoming expense. Say you're looking to upgrade your car and you need $10,000 to make the jump you're looking to make. You're going to sell your old car and you'd like to add $10,000 to that value and you want to do it in 10 months. So you're saying in 10 months, I want to have $10,000 saved for a new used car. This means you'd need to save an average of $1,000 a month for 10 months. You then add that money each month and the balance carries over each time. First it's one, then two, then $3,000 until you reach $10,000 at the time when you're ready to make the purchase. Sinking funds are great for things like vacations, life insurance premiums, car insurance paid every six months, furniture and car purchases. Think of using a sinking fund for a bigger purchase that happens less frequently something that you couldn't cash flow in one month's time. Okay. Now I talk about budgeting on social media a lot. If you're not following me at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman, then you don't know that, but you should be. If you're on Instagram, go follow at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman. I am forever talking about budgeting, about needing a budget and a lot about budgeting that we have already covered in this episode. I want to take a moment to bust six common budgeting myths. These are six misconceptions that people have about budgets. They come up a lot in my DMs when I'm sharing on social media about budgeting and why you do, in fact, need a budget. So the first budget myth is that budgets are restrictive. In fact, most people find budgets to be something that gives them permission to spend on those things that are most important to them. Once you get the hang of budgeting, you can find a budget to be very freeing. It takes away the guilt that can often be associated with spending. It also improves your marriage or relationship because there isn't any hiding anything. With a budget, you are almost forced to have this transparency and truthfulness inside your marriage, and this is so important to success as a couple financially. The second common budget myth is that budgets are for poor people. This one gets me every time. It is so untrue. Most millionaires, in fact, have a budget. They have been planning for years. They have been controlling their spending, directing their income towards investments that have grown and helped them to become millionaires. You need a budget at every stage. The stages then you feel like you're struggling and the ones where you are prospering. Being responsible for your money and in control of where it goes helps you to get out of those periods of struggling and into the soaring stages. Living on less than you make is truly the not-so-secret secret to becoming wealthy, and that process starts with a budget. The third common budgeting myth is that budgets are simply no fun. While they may seem dry and straight-up boring to you, there are so many fun things that you can do as a result of budgeting. You can buy an RV and make a trip across the country. You can travel near and far. You can bless your community both local and globally in ways that you could never have imagined. Getting control of your money is so much fun for you, for your family, for your legacy, and for the world. 
Think of how much fun it would be to have complete control of your paycheck. By budgeting and also paying off debt, you're regaining control of your income. Once those debts are out of your life, you can get back to doing the things that you want to be doing with your money. The fourth common debt misconception is that budgets are fixed and rigid. While, in fact, you do need to create a budget every month and then it does serve as the out-of-bounds marker, it doesn't have to be strict, fixed, or rigid. If things change in seasons of life or even throughout the month, you can go back and change your budget as often as you need. Budgets do give you a boundary, but they fit into your life and flow with you as seasons and things change. We have been budgeting together in our marriage for almost a decade, and almost every month we adjust our budget mid-month because life is unpredictable. There are things like sports dues that crop up and trips to the emergency room and unexpected car repairs. When this happens, we look at the budget. We adjust the necessary category up and other categories down so that the balance of the budget is still zero. It doesn't have to be something that is just on paper. So it does exist on paper or in whatever app or spreadsheet you're using to house the budget, but it also is a part of your life. And your life isn't static. Your life doesn't look the same on the 15th of the month as it looked on the first of the month. And things change. So you have to both be strict about it and flexible, if that makes sense. The fifth common budgeting misconception that I hear is that budgets are the same every month. As I said earlier, you cannot set it and forget it. There is no way to have the same budget each and every month for the rest of your life. First of all, I know I sound like a broken record, but you need a new budget for each month as each month has unique things, different number of paychecks, certain holidays, expenses, travel, celebrations, etc. They aren't boring or repetitive. And honestly, I can say in all of the time that we've been budgeting for our family, no two budgets have been exactly the same. April this year didn't look like April last year and May won't look like either of those. If it fits in your life and it is to be a true reflection of what you're earning and spending, your budget will be new each and every month. The sixth common budgeting myth is that budgets are hard to stick to. This is one I hear a lot. Yes, at first it can be challenging to change your habits and that can feel hard. But once you get the hang of budgeting and spending within those bounds, You do things like check the budget before you make purchases. You discuss things with your spouse. You plan purchases based on what remains in your monthly food budget, and you adapt your habits to be in line with your financial goals. Adjusting to new habits takes time, but giving yourself grace and sticking with it through that three-month mark is really helpful. This is when you start to have established these habits, and it doesn't feel like so much work anymore. There you have it. My introduction to budgeting, why you need one, what makes a great one, how to implement it, why it's important to control your income, and how to utilize sinking funds. I hope that you leave this episode feeling inspired to reinvigorate your existing budget or to create one for the first time ever. Be patient with yourself in this process, but don't let yourself off the hook. You do need a plan for your money each and every month. No one else is going to do it for you. Happy budgeting. We'll see you next week on Fulfilled the Podcast. 
Until next time, keep on slaying your own fire-breathing dragons. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of Fulfilled, the podcast. I have a favor to ask. If you like what you heard today, please tell your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on social. You can tag me on Instagram at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman, and you can tag the podcast at Fulfilled Podcast. And please consider leaving a review. I'd love to hear what you think, and your reviews can help other moms find me so they can grow alongside you. Oh, I almost forgot. Don't forget to subscribe so you get next week's episode automatically in your podcast queue. Instant inspiration and all the mom jokes? Yes, please. We'll see you next week on Fulfilled, the podcast.